This is the Moira Pentecostal Church podcast, providing you with sound biblical teaching. We hope you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed by this ministry. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, in Tagalog, it's magandang maga po. <laughs> well, it's really, uh, I'm, I'm quite, uh, you know, I get emotional whenever I, I get on stage and preach because uh, I know that God's presence is here. You know, wherever two or three are gathered in his name, Hallelujah. he is present. And it's, it's quite difficult to not be emotional when you're in the presence of God. Not that we focus on emotions, but then, you know, how could you be in front of the, the amazing God and not be emotional? So if, if I cry like pastor here, please uh, bear with me. Uh, let us pray. Join me in prayer. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your goodness in this place. We thank you, Father, that you never change. That you are the same yesterday, yeah, today, yes, right now, and forever. And because you never change, your promises never change. If you healed before, you can heal now. Yes, if you provided before, you can provide now. Oh, Father, we thank you for who you are and what you are and what you continue to become to us each day. We are in your presence. Just feel free to be silent for a moment. You know, sometimes we, 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 we tend to fill space with, with song, with, with talk, but sometimes God just wants to be in the silence. Thank you for moments like this. And we can just gather together and exalt who you are. And give you praise, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. So it's 10 to 12. What time am I supposed to finish, Pastor? <laughs> well, uh, let me introduce myself just a bit, just to, so that you'll be more comfortable with uh, what I share. Uh, my name is Jimmy Valoria, and I am brother to the 10-minute preacher that you had a few years ago. <laughs> he is my older brother, and uh, maybe you, uh, I had breakfast with uh, uh, somebody the other day, and he asked me about my accent. You know, I'm not the, it's not the common Filipino accent. I grew up in the States when I was young, so that's why I have a bit of an American accent. But uh, this is not... The typical Filipino accent. If you go to uh, accent, if you go to the Philippines, it will be more like Fernando's accent. <laughs> so, like I said, my name is Jimmy, and uh, my wife, Florence, and of course, you met uh, my other family. Now, some people find me intimidating. This face, believe it or not, this is my happy face right now. <laughs> you know, uh, as I was coming through customs in England. You know, there's just a queue of people. They're just letting everybody in. And this, this uh, customs officer looked at me once and, come here, sir. <laughs> Had to investigate everything that was in my, uh, my bags. And my wife, by the way, left me. 
she was way ahead, you know, talking with, with our daughter, and I was in customs being held back. Another thing happened in London the other day. Uh, some uh, tourists from Italy decided to, to talk to me and ask for directions as if I look like I'm from London. And as we are conversing with this Italian tourist, here comes the Interpol or the international police. It's this face. <laughs> so if you're intimidated by my face, this is my happy face. If I talk to you after the service, remember this is my happy face. I am an associate pastor of CRC. We call it CRC, meaning Church of the Risen Christ, for the past 32 years. Our church is 32 years old. That means I'm 35 years old right now. <laughs> now, I turned 50 uh, last August, and I'm starting to feel 50. You know, when I got here, you know, it seemed like everybody asked me, how do you find Ireland? And how do you, how do you, what do you uh, think of the weather? That's, all, that's always the question. And the other day, I showed them this. I said, this is what I think of the weather. See, my arthritis is starting to act up because of the weather. So I show them this. This is what I think of your weather. Anyways, I appreciate uh, the warm welcome. You know, if you have cold weather, at least you have warm welcome. It's hard to be in a, a country that has cold weather and then a cold welcome. So thank you very much for your warm welcome. So uh, CRC, or Church of the Risen Christ, is now 32 years old. God is good. Amen. He is truly good. And I'm here to share with you something that happened uh, about a year and a half ago. Uh, some of you know what happened, and I'll just uh, talk about it in a, in a moment. So I'm not really here to talk about myself, of course. I'm here to talk about the goodness of God. Hallelujah. Now let me read for, to you a, uh, an article that was written about what happened to our church. It's, it's by the Manila Bulletin. It would be somewhat like the the New York Times of uh, the United States. I don't know what, uh, what would it be here in, Philippine, uh, in Ireland? Belfast Times, okay. So here's the article. Uh, the, the title is Fire at Olongapo. That's the name of our city. Uh, Fire at Olongapo Church shows resilience among community. Now let me read. A fire that raised the Church of the Risen Christ building on Wednesday evening in Olongapo City has been disastrous to the church members and the owners of stores renting below them. But they have shown resilience over the calamity. Along with it, the community showed, it, showed unity in fighting the catastrophe. And in this, there's a picture of our building that is on fire. I'll show that to you later. Firefighters try to control the fire that is raising the Church of the Risen Christ building in Alongable City on a Wednesday night, April 19, 2017 at around 7.25 p.m. Residents and bystanders of 2nd Street saw a small fire at the back of the Church of the Risen Christ building near a Petron gasoline station. According to them, the fire produced a billowing smoke. Meanwhile, church pastor Jesse Valoria, you would uh, remember him, the 10-minute preacher, <laughs> and some members of the religious group were doing activities I'm going to have to tell them this story when I come back. They call you the 10-minute preacher. <laughs> where, where was I? Uh, the group were doing activities at the second floor when they experienced a power loss inside the building. 
The church members saw the fire and tried to put it out using extinguishers, but were unable to do to douse the raging flames. Alongabo's Bureau of Fire Protection and Vice Mayor John Cortez arrived at the scene as the fire engulfed the entire second floor. Now our building is a three-story building, so we were on the second floor and we occupied the third floor as well. Okay, fire trucks and personnel of the Olongapo Disaster Risk Reduction and Management Office, the Subic Bay Metropolitan Authority Fire Department, that is a uh, Freeport zone located right uh, beside Olongapo City, and the Barangay Santa Rita Fire and Rescue Disaster Response Unit responded to the scene. According to them, the fire officials were wary over the fact that the building on fire was beside a Petron gas station. And by the way, they just filled their tanks the morning prior to the fire. So could you imagine we are located right beside the gas station? That would have been a, you know, I wouldn't be here right now if that happened. Now here it, is, here it says, according to them, the fire officials were okay. Uh, and also near the James L. Gordon uh, Memorial Hospital. Now let me continue. They said that they had to control the fire and stop it from spreading towards the gas station. Alongapo Mayor Roland Polino inspected the residential areas beside the burning building while SBMA Administrator Wilma Esma was conducting crowd control. Bystanders and residents were watching the fire while some were drenching their houses with water. Now this is a national release uh, newspaper. This is what they're gonna say. Look, look at what they say. Church members were hopeful that they would be able to restore what was taken from them and rise up again despite having millions of pesos worth of, of properties destroyed in the fire. No casualties were reported. God is good. Amen. You know, for, for a, uh, a newspaper to state that we are hopeful that God would restore what was lost, you know, for them to acknowledge that is quite amazing. So uh, let me share with you how our building uh, uh, looked like uh, slide main hall. Okay, now this is the. Okay, thank you. By the way, the the, the title of my uh, my topic is as if nothing happened, going through the fire with God. Now the first few slides will be our main hall. Okay, there we go. This is the lobby area. Okay, and that's the the entrance. The next slide there, that is the main door to our main sanctuary. And this is our sanctuary. We have roughly about 330, 350 chairs set up there. And then the next, there we go, that's the stage area. And that's the stage, okay. Next, that's the music uh, stuff. And there's, that's me with my happy face. <laughs> and next, this is one of our evening services. Okay, that's the pastor's wife, that's Margie. And uh, uh, could you bring it back, please? There's the 10-minute preacher right there, <laughs> Pastor Jesse. Okay, there we go. That's another one of our services. Now let's go to the third level. Okay, this is our third level where the youth gather. Okay, like a mini uh, cafe. And then eventually we, the, the youth couldn't fit in anymore, so we had to turn this into a children's room. Okay, and then the next picture, uh, gone in two hours, the next picture is, that's how it looked. 
gone in two hours. All of what you've seen. So it was a building that we take, took very well care of and uh, spent a lot of money. And you would all know how much equipment costs, you know, all the video equipment and all the music equipment and all the chairs. And we lost all of that in, 30, in two hours. We spent the last 30 years, you know, accumulating equipment, you know, building the church, and we lost everything in two hours. And I remember how I felt uh, looking at the fire, looking at this. It was really hot, extremely hot. And thinking, what are we going to do now? You know, as a pastor, uh, me particularly, uh, I, all the three of us, we, we, we don't know anything to do but to be pastors. So, you know, these, there's a mixture of the positive thoughts and there's a mixture of these negative thoughts. And negative thoughts being, will the congregation still stick with us now that we don't have a building? You know, and uh, all of these things running through my mind, what am I going to do now as a pastor? Am I, am I still a pastor now that we don't have a building? Where are we going to have meetings? And if, if you're not familiar with our city, it's not the easiest place to go, go out and rent a building that could seat uh, 350, uh, 400 people. It's not the easiest thing to do. So let me share with you things that God did. During this fire, it happened on a Wednesday evening. And on Wednesday night, we have our... Uh, at that time, it used to be a Bible study. Now our Wednesday is a prayer meeting. But we had a service on Wednesday night. And we had roughly about 110, maybe 120 people uh, in the service that night. And during, the, during worship, <clears throat> this, was, this started at 7 o'clock. And as the report went, it, uh, the fire was around 7.20. So we were worshiping God. And by the way, we didn't lose everything. We, lose every, we lost everything but one guitar because our worship leader, Pastor, Je, uh, Pastor Arnell, was playing the guitar while, while the building was on fire. So when he took off, he brought the, the guitar with him. So I'll tell you that story in a little bit. But it happened during our midweek service, and I was in the back uh, during worship, and I noticed a flickering light in our overflow room. Uh, initially, I just thought it was maybe a, a fire truck or a, an ambulance parked outside because it was a flickering light. But I decided to investigate anyway. So as I was walking towards our overflow room, so here being the stage, overflow room would be on the far right. As I was walking, all of a sudden the, the lights go off, the electricity goes out. And then, then I opened the door and uh, a corner the air conditioning unit and the ceiling is on fire. So immediately, uh, some of the men uh, got the fire extinguishers, tried to uh, uh, extinguish the fire. And they were quite successful in that area, not knowing that our third floor was engulfed in flames already. So uh, when we found out that was going on, uh, you know, everybody left the building in a single file as if we've practiced it. And... Uh, I think God was really preparing us because like uh, a few weeks prior to this, uh, I share the announcements during our, uh, our evening service. I was announcing that in case of an emergency, stand up and walk single file and slowly, you know, don't panic, 
just walk out. I've been announcing this for the past couple of weeks or so, not knowing that this would happen. You know, that's not a common announcement that you come up front. And everybody, in case of an emergency, you know, you don't want to scare your congregation. You know, you like positive announcements. But I've been sharing these announcements, and uh, lo and behold, it happened on a Wednesday night during one of our services. So all of 120 people that left the building were all safe, and then we were outside. It was quite difficult for us to watch. The feeling was, it's hard, really hard to explain. Uh, we felt the grace of God standing in front of our building that's like this, seeing this. It was quite emotional in, in the sense that we felt God's presence, not emotional that we lost everything we worked for. Emotional in the sense that it, God was there. His presence was there. As the, as the fire was um, engulfing our building, as mentioned in the report, the vice mayor and the mayor were there. A few pastors, uh, friends of ours, left their services, I guess, I don't know. But uh, they immediately came to our rescue and helped us out, you know, just by being there to support us. And members of different churches showed up as well. And we gathered together while our building was on fire and praised God. We started singing worship songs with our mayor and vice mayor, who aren't Christians, by the way. And one of the songs that I remember us singing was Give Thanks with a Grateful Heart. You know, in difficult times, the best thing you can do is give thanks to God. And as our building was on fire, we were singing Give Thanks. I could imagine what people were saying around us. You know, the unbelievers watching us. These are crazy people. But yeah, we are crazy because the stuff we believe our crazy stuff. You know, we believe that God is so good. You know, that's crazy for the world. But uh, yes, we started singing and worshiping God. Two hours later, all it was was charcoal. And just, everything was gone because the building was made primarily of wood. So it, it, it was gone in a couple of hours. And I remember Pastor Jesse uh, talking to the staff we have 10 on our staff, uh, full-time staff. And he said, we're going to have a meeting tomorrow. Could you imagine our building burns down today, tonight, th in the evening. And he tells us we're going to have a meeting tomorrow. That's a ruthless pastor. You know, you're going to have a meeting tomorrow. We had a fire last night. But he said, we're going to have a meeting tomorrow. I don't know where. I don't know when. What time, but it'll be tomorrow. And we were all on board because we knew we had to have a meeting and uh, good enough, one of our members owned a, owns a hotel in the city. So they let us use one of their, uh, their rooms as a temporary office for a couple of days. And then uh, Helping Hands, Claire and, and the rest of the guys, uh, they let us use uh, a portion of their building. And we stayed there for three months uh, using that as, as our um, temporary office. But in that meeting, I can't forget, Pastor Jesse, we were gathered around a table. And Pastor Jesse said, this is what we're going to do today. Share testimonies of God's goodness. 
And that's when we started crying because God's goodness is always with us. No matter what we go through, he is good. And so we, we started crying around the table and sharing the goodness of God, despite what we've been through. And it wasn't, it wasn't being, what would, what would I say, being fake and not realistic, but it was real. We really did feel God's presence and his goodness, despite what we went through. So we started sharing testimonies and rejoicing and sharing our love to God and to each other. You know, this, the, all of us became so much closer to get, you know, that, you know, relationships change when you go through difficult times like this. Now, I have to backtrack just a bit. A year prior to this, my, my wife, she had a heart attack. And um, now she has a pacemaker. Uh, so she's a bionic woman now. And, but apparently, according to her uh, cardiologist, her, she doesn't really need the pacemaker yet because ever since it was um, put in, it never uh, was activated. So we really didn't need it. So I'm kind of asking for a refund for all of the money we spent <laughs> on all that. Anyways, the reason why I share this, because it was a year, a year prior to the fire. Uh, she works in Manila, so at, during the time of the fire, she was in a different city. So immediately, I, I call her on the phone and I say, don't panic. Because I know this was going to be all over Facebook. You know, people are going to be posting pictures of the, the building on fire. So I, I wanted to get to her before anybody else. I wanted to make sure that she got it from a a more uh, happy face person. So I called her up and I told her the news. And uh, of course, you know, being emotional, she cried. But uh, I don't think she cried because of the loss. It's just a, a thing that happens when you, you feel the presence of God. You know, God is there to comfort us. So having said that, looking from the outside, you know, an unbeliever point of view, or maybe even believer point of view, looking at us, you would think, what did they do wrong? Why is God punishing these, these people? Heart attack, and then now their building's on fire. What, what, you know, what sin did they do? And we actually got judgment from different people, saying that we may have done something wrong, that's why uh, our building caught on fire. So you, sometimes you get that kind of judgment, but what was what was so powerful in our lives was the presence of God. He never leaves us. Amen. He never forsakes us. He is a good God. So the next plan, it happened on a Wednesday night. <clears throat> of course, the next plan would be to have a Sunday service. We saw it so crucial to have our, our service that Sunday. Because the congregation would be, they have to hear from us. You know, because, you know, they feel, how would you feel if you lost your building? You'd feel at loss. So we had to have a, a service that Sunday, but we didn't have a building. And it's not easy, like I've said, it's not easy to go out and rent a building that could seat 350, 400 people. So we just made the decision, we're going to have a meeting, uh, a service this coming Sunday. Uh, let me tell you how difficult that would be. To gather 
let's just say roughly 400 people in a place that's not common and it's a different location at a different time. How would you get that news out? See, every Sunday, I, I notice that you have an announcement. An, uh, announcements. We do the same in our church. You know, when we have special events, you keep on announcing. You post it on Facebook. You, you give flyers out. You want to let them know what's going on. So that when you have an event uh, outside of this building or in this building, on a different day, you make sure that people come. Am I right? How could you get 400 people to come to a different location at a different time? And we only have three days to do this. Because it happened on a Wednesday night. So we had Thursday, Friday, and a Saturday to do all of this. I tell you, it was only by the grace of God. Only by the grace of God. We did our part. We sent out text messages. We posted it on Facebook. We went to meet at a uh, um, uh, high school. The high school grounds where they play basketball on the basketball court. And... Um, I remember Pastor Jesse asking. Now remember, we don't have anything. No instruments, no sound system, no projector, no nothing. No chairs. I remember Pastor Jesse asking, how many chairs are we going to rent uh, for this event? You know, you would think, let's just rent a couple of hundred. Because we're not sure if the news would get out that we're going to be at this place at this time. But we went ahead and rented 500 chairs. And lo and behold, 500 chairs wasn't enough. It was standing, and there were two sets of bleachers on both sides, and then the basketball court in the, area, in the, in the middle. 500 chairs in the middle, uh, bleachers with people and people standing. How did that happen? That's only by the grace of God. Only by the grace of God. Because as people, we couldn't have done enough to get all those people to that location and worship God and praise God at the same time. Different place, different time. But God brought them to that location. Amen. God is good. He is truly good. And I mentioned to you that we lost everything. We didn't have a sound system. When we arrived in the area, there was a sound, sound equipment for good for concerts was set up with lights, projectors, um, drums, and everything that we needed set up for free by a man that doesn't believe in God. So we show up and we, we see all of this happen, the goodness of God. That's why it's, it's really difficult for me not to be emotional when I, when I talk about this. Because we've seen God's goodness. No matter what happens in, in your life, in my life, God will always be good. Amen. Will always be good. Let me read for you in Daniel chapter number three. This is where I got the... The title of my message, it's on my slides. Daniel chapter number 3 and verse 27. From the easy to read version and it says, When they came out, the satraps, prefects, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. They could see that the fire had not burned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Their bodies were not burned at all. Their hair was not, was not burned. Their robes were not burned. 
They didn't even smell as if they had been near fire. They didn't even smell as if they've been near the fire. For those that barbecue, you know, if, if you're barbecuing, once you leave that barbecue and you, you go back inside the house, you'll smell like barbecue, right? You smell like fire. It says here that they didn't even smell as if they've been in the fire. I remember pastors that try to comfort us. They would cry. They would weep. And we'd have a, I'd have my typical smile on my face. Because, you know, they, they felt sorry for us, but we, we came out as if nothing happened. The feeling was as if nothing happened. At that moment, we see, when we were seeing the fire, it was difficult. But after that, the grace of God was present. Grace of God was present. To the point where some of our pastor friends were joking and said, we wish our building would burn down. <laughs> Because of what God did in our church. You know, not only that, I'll share with you in a moment, not only that God restored what was lost and also upgraded most of it, but what happened in the church? The church was on fire in a different sense. You know, people were on fire for God. It caused people to realize how good God is. All of a sudden, the sermons that we preached made sense. You know, when you, when you talked about God's goodness and that he can get you through anything, all of a sudden it started making sense to the congregation because they saw what God could do. They saw what he could do. Now let me read. Go, let's track back or backtrack, should I say. In Daniel chapter number 3, verse 19 to verse 25. Now, King Nebuchadnezzar, if you're not familiar with the story, he built a statue that is 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide. And every time uh, they would, he would ask the band to play, he would, uh, everybody should worship this idol, this big, this big uh, statue. Now, here it is. King Nebuchadnezzar was so furious. Now, Shadrach, Meshach, Meshach and Abednego, of course, refused to worship this idol. Incidentally, there are three pastors in the church. So it'd be Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Jesse, Arnell, and Jimmy. It's funny because there's three of them as well. That his face become, became distorted with rage. He commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. Then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So they tied them up and threw them into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and their other garments. And because the king, in his anger, had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the three men in. So Jesse, Arnell, and Jimmy, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. But suddenly Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Verse number 25, look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men, four men unbound and walking around in the fire, unharmed, and the fourth looks like a god. 
The fourth man can always be with you. Amen. That's Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And that's what we experience. That's what you you experience every day of your life. We experience every day of our lives when God is with us. No matter what we go through, he is a good God. We have the fourth man with us. God is with us. Now, these are the promises that we held on to in Joshua. Chapter 1 and verse 5 from the easy to read version. And it says, just as I was with Moses, I will be with you. No one or nothing will be able to stop you all your life. All your life. I will not abandon you. I will never leave you. These are the promises that we, that we held on to. That God will always be with us, no matter what happens. Isaiah chapter 41, verse number 10, from the Amplified Bible. And it says, Do not fear anything, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Be assured, I will help you. I will certainly take hold of you with my righteous right hand. A hand of justice power of victory salvation i am with you and this is one thing that we held on to that no matter what we go through now and in the future our god never changes amen he never changes now this is what god did let me tell you a few things as i mentioned a while ago that it's quite difficult to find the building that could seat 350, 400 people. January of that year, uh, a warehouse closed down. A Coca-Cola warehouse closed down <clears throat> January of that year. The fire was April. So we, go, we, we find it uh, in, a, in a location that we're not familiar with. You know, we don't pass through this location. And uh, we were actually surprised that there was a building of such size in, the na- in that neighborhood. Uh, Pastor Jesse found it on Facebook uh, out of all the places. He just typed in warehouse for rent. You know, it's not every day you go out and, and look for church for rent, you know. Is it like it, that here? You don't go out and see church for rent, no. So in the Philippines, in Alongapo, same thing. So the, things, the buildings that were available were extremely expensive, very, very expensive. But well, we found this one building, and uh, we talked to the owner, an unbeliever, but she allowed us to rent out this building and convert it into a church. And uh, what the miracle behind you would you know what uh, everything was like a miracle in every situation that we had to face. The miracle behind this was. There was other, because it being a warehouse, there were other businesses interested in the building. And while we were signing the contract to rent out, to rent this building, another business was calling them at the same time, telling them, we'll give, we'll pay you in advance for five years and we'll pay more than these people are going to pay you. And the owner didn't give it to them, gave it to us. Isn't that a miracle of God? You know, most of, you know, even Christians like us, we, we think twice. You mean you're going to give me five years advance and pay more than these people? 
but she didn't even think twice and gave it to us. That's how good God is. He's such a good God. In order for us to move in this building, it required us close to 5 million pesos. That would be maybe around 71,000 pounds. That's a lot of money for us. That's a lot of money. And we were able to move in four months after the fire. No fundraiser. Just an announcement of if you want to give and help out, just give. And the, the offerings came not just from the congregation. They came from all over the world. But we weren't begging. We didn't even make the announcement on, on our Facebook pages. We just announced it in the church. I'm not against fundraisers. You know, occasionally we do fundraisers. That's not the, it's just that this was God's leading to us at this particular moment. Because I, I feel that God wanted to get all of the glory for this. Because who can we boast in? We can't boast in somebody, you know, a, 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 an event that we, we created to get all of this money. We can only boast in God. He provided everything in four months. So after we moved in, four months later, we were debt-free. Could you imagine five million pesos being debt-free? And it took us 30 years to get where we were. So I'm thinking in my mind, how many years is it going to take for us to get back on our feet? At the very least, we, we were thinking it'll take us at least a year to get back running. And four months later, God's goodness. Amen. And let me share with you that while we were renovating, we, we still had to pay rent because we had to uh, rent a, a theater in order for us to gather our congregation every week. So we would have to pay 60,000 pesos a month just to have a two-hour service every Sunday. That would be close to 1,000 to pounds a month, just to have two hours a week. On top of that, we had to rebuild. We had to, to uh, renovate. And of course, uh, the salaries of the, you know, we have to eat. So we were paying 10 staff, three pastors, renting this uh, theater and rebuilding at the same time. And we didn't have a lack of money because our God is our provider. Amen. We didn't have a lack. One of the craziest things that happened is we would spend a lot of time in the hardware stores because of this construction. One day when me and Pastor Jesse were at the hardware store, Jesse gets a, a call and tells him to go out on the street and meet up. And they give us an offering of uh, close to a thousand pounds. People we don't know people we don't, didn't meet. The call came from somebody we knew, but said that somebody's going to give us. Just out of the window of the car, gave it, no receipt, no nothing. And it kept on happening. God is good. Amen. There's nothing impossible with him. All of us, we will be faced with different challenges. This, is our, this was our challenge a year ago. But all of us will be faced with different challenges. And it doesn't make any difference our God is the same God. He doesn't change. Amen. He doesn't change. And then <clears throat> during the construction, it was probably a few weeks prior to we move in. One of our members that used to 
uh, attend church who now resides in uh, Singapore came to visit and checked out what was going on. And he gave us a check uh, for us to be able to pay rent for a whole year. So right before we move in, we already have enough money to pay for one year and still continue with the renovation. Isn't God good? He is a good God. And as I've mentioned, all of the preachings that we preached concerning the promises and the goodness of God all of a sudden made sense. Not just to the congregation, but it started making sense to me after what we've been through. But it didn't, it didn't feel like, you know, when you look, maybe from the outside looking at us, you feel sorry for people that go through difficult times like this. But when you're in the middle of, you know how they say in the eye of the storm, it's the calmest. That's how you feel when you're in the middle of the problem, in the middle of that situation. You feel so calm because you know God is with us. Amen. I'm not just saying this to make it sound good. It's not a cliche, but it's the absolute truth. And when you're faced with difficult trials, his presence will get you through. Now, when we moved into this building, finally moved in. <clears throat> so we set up about 350 chairs. On our first service, we didn't have enough chairs to seat the congregation. We had people in the lobby. We had people in the balcony. Now we had to add another service. Now we have three services. Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. That's just a joke. <laughs> it's it's uh, Pastor Arnell, and then me, and then Pastor Jesse in the evening. Now we have three services. From the time of the fire, the attendance increased by about 120, 130 people. With no special program of trying to get people in, it's just God on fire, people on fire. We're not special. Don't think of us as being special. Just, it's just that God is so special. You know, when you worship God, he will draw all men unto him. Amen. So that's what happened. And we continue to grow only by the grace of God. I'll show you a couple of a few pictures of our new building, just so you know what's going on. That's the outside. Okay. Now this is the parking area. Let me please stop there. Uh, the like I mentioned a while ago, the government uh, required us to have our own parking space. And would you imagine right across the street there was a vacant vacant lot. We talked to the owner, and the owner says, go ahead, we'll, re we'll rent it out to you. And the combined rent of the parking area and the building is cheaper than the building that burnt down. Isn't that God? <laughs> Amen. God is so good. Go ahead, please. Now, this is the lobby. Uh, this, is, this is the service, 1015 service, my service. Okay, that's a shot from the balcony. There's my uh, happy face. Okay. Now this is the added service. This is the service that didn't exist before the fire. See how, how many people are coming. It's unbelievable how, how God draws people. It's only the goodness of God. I, I can't take credit for anything. I can't say, you know, it's because I'm a good preacher or because we're doing something special. It's nothing, it's really not about us. It's all about Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. 
So we started bringing people in, hungry for God, hungry for his word. So this is my challenge to all of us, myself included, that when we go through difficult times, it's really not about us, although it will feel like it's about you, but it's all about bringing glory to him. Because in all of this, I see that God gets all the glory and I see people getting saved. I see people, families coming to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their savior. Uh, some, you know, people getting to know Jesus on very odd ways. Like um, we had somebody come, he heard a radio program that broadcast our services and he showed up at the church. Another family, they just Googled church in their area and they found our church and they showed up. You know, you know, ways that are beyond what we would consider uh, the proper evangelism, should I say, you know, the, the program of evangelism. People were bringing in, God was bringing in people, you know, passers by. Uh, and we have uh, newcomers every Sunday, anywhere from five to 10 people come every Sunday. From, from some get invited by their friends, some get invited by their family. But a lot of them just hear through uh, word of mouth or maybe on the radio or on Facebook. And God is reaching out to families. So when you go through a difficult time, as I've mentioned, it's never about us, although we're in it. But it's about him getting all the glory. Amen. That's me. I'm done. If you can join me with prayer, is that okay, Pastor? I'd like to share with you one thing, though. Uh, one of, one of uh, the services that I preached, I composed this poem. And it's quite appropriate for what we were, what you were singing and uh, what I'm sharing today. And it's entitled, God With Me. Now let me read. Forgive me if I get loud. Sometimes I get emotional when I read. God with me. Who can be against me? God with me, my healer in time of sickness. God with me, my peace in turmoil. God with me, my provision in time of need. God with me, my strength in weakness. God with me, my comfort in sadness. God with me, my relief in pain. God with me, my calm in the storm. God with me, my companion in loneliness. God with me, my victor, my champion. God with me, my hope in hopelessness. God with me, my joy and tribulation. God with me, my ever and only satisfying drink. God with me, my map and my compass, my direction, my destination. God with me, my promise, my fulfillment, my one thing, my everything. God with me, my savior, my king, my Lord, my friend. God with me, my happiness, my vacation, my staycation. God with me, my past, my now, my tomorrow, my forever. What trial, what fear, what death, what tear. God with me, my Lord, my only solution, my smile, my king, my joy overflowing. 
God with me, my truth, my rod, my shepherd, my song. God with me, my God, my only God is truly with me. And who can be against me? Let us pray. Father, we thank you that you remind us that you are with us. Even the times that we doubt your presence, you remind us you are with us. Especially when circumstances are unbearable, you remind us that you are with us. Oh, Father, we thank you that your promises are true. They never change. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. We give you praise, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We produce a variety of sermon videos and inspiring Christian content available for free on our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and search Moira Pentecostal or visit our website for more information, www.mpc.org.uk.